0: Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. The last few years have seen a huge growth in independent Welsh media, while long-standing structural issues about Wales' representation in UK-wide media remain. Concerns over the absence of dedicated Welsh news and current affairs coverage have led to claims that in Wales, we have a democratic deficit, an issue brought into sharp relief during the events of 2020. Tonight, we are joined by Welsh media professionals from both ends of the M4 to discuss what can be done to improve our domestic media and how to address how we're portrayed in the UK media. Joining me and Kerry this evening, we have Martin Shipton, political editor-at-large at the Western Mail. Hello, Martin. Hi, Matt, good to be here. We have Hugh Marshall, former head of digital at SLC and founder of the news.wales. Hi, Hugh. Hello, how are you? We also have Rhian E. Jones, who's co-editor of the Red Pepper magazine and a contributor at the Tribune. Hi, Rhian.
1: Hi, Matthew, thanks for the invite.
0: Well, thank you very much for all being here. The first question I wanted to ask is what is the state of the Welsh media and representation of Wales in the UK media? Uh, Martin, do you want to start with that? I mean, I, of
2: course, come from quite a traditional uh, newspaper background. Um, I've also been heavily involved with the NUJ for many years. And I suppose my approach has always been twofold. As a journalist, I'm very keen to see proper coverage of news events and politics in Wales. And as a union activist, I'm anxious that there should be as many jobs available as possible for the people who go through journalistic training. Now, what has happened over the last, uh, well, nearly 20 years is a huge reduction in the number of journalists Um, who have been working uh, in Wales in traditional media and that's as a result of the fact that when the internet came along newspaper owners didn't have a plan about uh, monetization of whatever they were going to be doing online and they just Sort of like lemmings went over the cliff and said, "Right, you know, this internet is a great thing. Let's get involved in this without actually having a business model at all." What has happened as a result of this is that they're all geared up to spend quite a lot of money investing in the equipment which is needed and investing in 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 the staff to do digital journalism, but they're not actually making a great deal of money out of it. I mean, a very stark statistic that I can provide is that for Reach PLC in 2019, it was still the case that 84% of the revenue came from print. So the challenge which um, these newspaper companies are faced with is making up the lost revenue from print with new revenue from digital. Um, But they've become, in my view, completely obsessed with digital to the point where um, they're constantly telling their staff how many page views they've got. Um, They're introducing targets that they give to reporters about how many um, page views they want their stories to get. This creates a very difficult situation, in my view, from the point of view of those of us who are interested in public interest journalism, because it means that a lot of the people who are working um, for these websites are now actually producing stories about Greg's pasties, about weatherspoons latest menus things like that material which we would not regard as public interest journalism so public interest journalism is really up against it i'm very pleased that um after these recent redundancies, recent redundancy program at reach who of course are the by far and away the biggest newspaper proprietors in wales they, they have protected agree the, the western mail because the the western mail in my view and obviously i'm prejudiced because i work for it um i think is a good publication it's got a a lot uh, of coverage of serious issues it's been extremely good on the coronavirus The paper is providing a good service it's just a shame but a lot of the material that goes into the western mail does not actually go on wales online because reach do not consider that the type of more serious material which goes into the Western Mail is going to get the number of page views that it wants. So this provides a huge challenge. You know, if we look beyond reach, we're looking at a situation where there are an increasing number of people who are making a good contribution, but very often these are operations that are employing very small numbers of people. You know, even some of the, the the well-known ones, the the individuals concerned would not be able to make a living out of them. I was very fortunate many years ago to do a journalism course, got a full-time job, had a career in it. That's what I want to see for people now. You know, people need to have money. And I think, you know, we are reaching a stage where... You know, the Welsh Government is going to have to think in terms of what they can do in terms of public funding, and also, of course, I would be very keen to tax these big media players like Facebook and Google, who are parasitical organisations, who um, make their money
0: out of piggybacking on work that is done for people who want to use their channels. Well, Hugh, I'm sure, has got some views on, on building a revenue stream, or at least getting funding for those platforms in Wales, but... What do you think the state of the Welsh media is, Hugh, and and how are you using the News.Wales to to tackle what you see are the problems with it?
3: Yeah, you know, I agree with a lot of what Martin said, although I think, ironically, I think Reach published their annual profits of £135 million today. Maybe tweets about Greg's past these pays. I think, you know, obviously the, the main problem we have here is the lack of maturity of our own sort of domestic uh, news platforms, if you look at something like Scotland you know, they've had for a long time genuine Scottish titles, you know, the titles that only exist in Scotland, but things like The Sun, The Mirror, you know, they're all genuinely Scottish um, titles up, up there Whereas in Wales, you know, I know people like The Mirror dabbled for a bit with The Welsh Mirror. The Times does uh, Weekends has, uh, you know, a, a Welsh insert. But, you know, just the fact that we don't have a national service and it's not having a go at, at reach. But the fact that they have the Daily Post on the Western Mail, they've actually created a split in Wales of having two titles that somehow compete with each other. So, you know. Daily Post, where I grew up in Wrexham, Daily Post was the paper we, you know, we, we had read there on a on a daily basis and then having moved south, um, you know, you'd never see the Daily Post, it was it was the Western Mail. So the fact that we've never really had a national print title, BBC do a, you know, have got the digital coverage, national digital coverage, uh, and it's very well resourced. Ironically, uh, BBC Cymru View, the Welsh Language Service, isn't mirrored in English. BBC Cymru review is, is a far better service uh, in the Welsh language as a rolling um, news service with articles and blogs and, and other content in there. But for some reason, the the English version of the BBC website is basically you know a subset of the of the UK uh, situation. And I think it's just the fact that we know you know the research that comes out you know every every year, the Daily Mail and the Sun are the two most popular newspapers. Um, the Metro was obviously they've taken a hammering because. You know, most people got the metro on the on the train or on on the buses, and because of COVID, um, that that's had an impact. And the fact that people listen to their news, you know, the majority of it does come from from a UK perspective. So you know, Radio Two is the most popular radio station in in Wales. So it is a problem because people have been conditioned for years of having their news, which is basically coming from London, and that news hasn't kept up with devolution. And I think that's what we found. It's taken something like COVID to actually make devolution obvious to people. I think if you did survey now, I think it was like a year or two ago, 60% of people in Wales didn't know that the NHS in Wales was run by, you know, the Welsh government and uh, Vaughan Gething was the, the health minister. I would imagine that figure has changed quite substantially in the last year. In Wales, we seem to be part of a traditionally... British media world. You know, we've got one uh, radio channel in English, one radio channel in, in Welsh. We've got some independent radio stations. So we, we lack that maturity and plurality. You know, that that's the challenge. And I think what we're trying to do with Uh, The News Wales, which is a a pilot phase, we'll be launching, you know, a staffed service, hopefully 1st of March, under a new brand, and when the brand is revealed, all will become clear, but we're doing it on on a subscription basis, because we know now that that has to be the model moving forward, you need to have people who are willing to pay, you know, on a monthly basis, put money in, and we can sort of make, you know, genuine promises to people, well, you know, if we reach X number of subscribers then you know we can appoint a content editor in this uh, area but our focus when we launch will be on politics and news and and explaining more about what's going on because I think that's the the problem as well is with with devolution is people still don't understand it compared with Scotland I think they're far further down the road of understanding devolution whereas in Wales I think people still not understanding what you know what devolution means so that's what you know that's what we're going to be trying to do.
0: Brianne, what is your view on sort of how Wales is represented in the UK media? Do you think that we get a good coverage and do you think that reflects back on a sort of the weakness of our own indigenous media here in Wales that it that the coverage is the way it is?
1: I agree that I think the coverage is reflective of the state of the Welsh public sphere or the Welsh polity perhaps as a whole, but that's something that I would uh, I would like to see change uh, in the same way that I'd like to see coverage of Wales at a national level changing um, I mean my perspective I guess is that of someone who I come from Wales uh, I live and work in London but I still regard myself as Welsh and I'm still very personally and politically interested in Wales so I find the lack of UK wide attention um, to Wales quite frustrating at times the the way I tend to see Wales represented if at all is that it becomes uh, significant or interesting when it becomes um disruptive uh or when it becomes inconvenient for um for UK politics. I think um, I'll talk about the, the pandemic response in a bit, but I think Brexit was actually a significant example of this, the kind of the, the surprise and upset that Wales had narrowly voted leave. In the same way that you um, you got sort of investigations into other post-industrial bits of England, they were also, you know, sort of quite, quite cringily sometimes, like Guardian journalists coming down to the Welsh Valleys and acting as though they were on safari and that kind of thing, rather than, you know, actually platforming voices from those areas or looking at Welsh media itself to see if they could explain um, the politics. So I I think sort of, you know, internal Welsh voices should be platformed more and rather than Wales being treated as a a sort of an afterthought or sometimes a curiosity in the way that it is. I think there's similar political examples like the the prospect of Labour losing um, electoral control in Wales. Um, in the same way that um, that Scotland became an issue um, prior to that, but you you rarely see uh, coverage or representation of Wales then for its own sake. Um, the response to COVID-19 has lessened that, and as um, as Hill was saying, like there were things like the coverage of the firebreak in in November, which was initially quite think, quite hostile and quite sort of scaremongering about Drakeford imposing a a tyranny of rolling lockdowns on the country, but then you know that in some ways our policy turned out to be more sensible than um, policy in England did. Um, so I have noticed very recently that the four constituent parts of the UK are now being treated as discrete entities in terms of their uh, lockdown policies, um, although you do you still see Scotland getting more attention than, uh, than Wales I think, like Nicola Sturgeon's briefings tend to be um, made more of than, uh, than Drakeford's do, so there's still that disparity.
4: We're obviously coming at it from a very political point of view and this year is an important election year Mm -hmm. and there's been a lot lot being said around the political media deficit in Wales. And Would you say that there is that deficit of political coverage in Wales and that hits our kind of political institutions in a way that other parts of the UK don't have?
1: Uh, I would agree. I mean, I think this point has been made for quite a long time without any action being... uh being taken on it, I was actually looking at uh, an NUJ report from 2014 um, that had uh, Rosemary Butler, who is uh, the, the assembly as it was then, uh, presiding officer saying that Wales is uh, sleepwalking towards a situation uh, where there'll be no coverage of the work of the assembly at all. And she attributed um, a lot of that to uh, mainstream, like Fleet Street newspapers not covering the assembly. And I think the, um, the response to that report from English journalists was just that. Well, you know the, the Welsh political meetings are incredibly boring, um, and that's not going to um, not going to change. So you ha- you have that sort of attitude to to contend with from um, from the UK press. But I think there are there's also issues with Welsh political coverage itself. There's problems of uh, of resources and of access. So I think there's there's structural issues there to address as well as um, as the inclination to report on Wales. And I guess I think that in in terms of like Welsh Welsh specific media, I think things like Nation Camry um, and uh, and Voice Wales as well, sort of new new media sites, the fact that they are growing and expanding is a good indication that there is a market for coverage of, of Welsh politics and, and culture. And I think a lot of their report on is sort of local grassroots reporting, like it's, it's not actually a centre of politics, um, it's local community issues. So I, th- I think there's a point there about when we think about political coverage, we need to go beyond a sort of technocratic layer of institutional politics and look at uh, communities and individuals?
3: Yeah, I, I, again, I agree with what's, what's been said. I think there is an issue about holding government to account. One of the issues we have is a lot of news currently is literally just reporting stuff, so just saying what's uh, happening and not actually going deeper and asking questions about what has what is claimed and said, and that's something that we want to... Uh, to look at and also just the fact of the type of content that's being created especially younger audiences now because remember you know we've got 16 17 year olds voting at the at the Senate elections and in the run-up to the the election I think it's really important that people get to understand what those policies are but also are they realistic you know can they be fact-checked to see whether somebody's making claims I think it was interesting the the leader of the abolish assembly, whatever was on in politics Wales on Sunday, and you know made the point of, you know, the people, if they get the facts, um, you know, that's what they need, not not opinion polls. And the fact that it came out with was that Wales was had the third highest death rate from COVID in the world, which was false. That was pre-recorded. So that could have been verified, checked and actually put on there saying, well, actually, no, he's just making stuff up. And I think that's the trouble is, and and especially now, you know, we've seen in America, you know, there's so much lying going on and there's not enough challenging of, of these lies. And because people can lie, that's what they do. They they just realise now we can just say anything. I think in Wales, I think, you know, from the main political parties, I think generally, you know, they are quite good. Unfortunately, there's a few outsiders within some parties who you know who who caught controversy on social media, for example, uh, and again you know that that kind of stuff need, needs challenging. I think you know it's just a case of taking somebody's word on it. So I think that's something we're looking at as politics, but also it's how you actually explain stuff that's going on and how things work because people you know generally aren't aware of committees. They don't know what committees do when they talk about increasing the number of AMs and the and the need. Because of you know ex- extra legislation means there's more scrutiny, and that's what you know well, that's the reason why you need to expand the numbers. Um, it's nothing to do with you know sort of um, gravy trains. You know it's it's a fact of good um, politics to be able to scrutinise and, and challenge you know the the work of of government. But that isn't explained to people. So how do we do that in uh, styles and manners using video and audio? putting faces to people as well because again people don't know who these politicians are you know i go through the um list of senate members and there are some in there on the back benches you know literally they've been there some of them for you know 15 years i've never even heard them speak um so again you know i think there's a there's a role there just to to raise awareness of what's going on in wales if we
2: look at the situation from a local point of view there has been something of an improvement over the last couple of years since there was this um, local democracy reporter uh, initiative um from the bbc i mean you've had situations which had arisen where a number of local authorities across wales who were no longer covered by journalists at all which um was a shocking state of affairs. And that, of course, inevitably leads to complacency on the part of the elected councillors. It also means um, that the chances of irregularities taking place has increased. There are many people who criticise the fact that this um, local democracy reporter network was established because clearly it's funded by the BBC and that means it takes money away from their core function. But It has been of uh, of use because a lot of the reporters who have been employed, uh, I would say, have been pretty assiduous in the jobs that they have done. And they have reported uh, significant stories that otherwise perhaps would not have been reported. So it's just a shame that they had to step in to do work which ought to have been done by the core news operators themselves. Um, That's the difficulty, but I mean, I do know that one of the problems was that a lot of these local papers there were local papers that existed which closed down uh, creating this democratic deficit on a local basis and local papers uh, were the lifeblood of communities and uh, you know 20 years ago the celtic series of weekly papers in uh, the valleys for example were very well read and i mean i've spoken to councillors and former councillors who would say that they would look forward to reading Uh, those papers to find out um, what was being said about what they had been getting up to and that there was an enormous amount of public response to what they were um, doing and what was being said about them. That all went pear-shaped because the newspapers, because their profits were going down, were effectively amalgamating some of these titles and that took them away from their communities and it got to a point there was a lot of copy sharing that was going on local reporting had devalued to the point where reporters were not going to council meetings to see the ding dong that was going on, to find out about conflicts that were taking place between the political parties or whatever. But instead, um, they were filling space that previously had been proper news reports with press releases from the council. So the council would be putting out stuff which was positive to them and a whole load of material just wasn't getting covered. As I say, that situation uh, has been mitigated by this local democracy uh, reporter situation. Now, so far as um, national uh, political coverage in Wales is concerned, and I'm, I'm trying to be as dispassionate as I possibly can be about this, I do think the Western Mail is a very good newspaper. There is a lot of very good material in there. The difficulty is, a lot of people are under the impression that everything that's published in the western mail automatically goes online and that just is not the case at all and so you will see different things and of course the audience for the western mail generally speaking is a different audience to the audience for for wales online and it used to make and it still does up to a point a lot of money from advertising you know wales online the model there is to get as many page views as possible which inevitably means that shall we say the more down market material is going to be um the uh the prevalent uh, content you get a, you you're getting into a situation where those uh, reporters who are employed are not or many of them are not involved in producing public interest journalism they are seeking to entertain people with often what is quite superficial material
4: so hugh like does that political deficit translate into a democratic deficit and are we beginning to see that change with covid and how the uk have recognized those differences among the uk nations
3: it's it's taken a pandemic to get those sort of national titles to to recognise devolution. But you have to realise with, with those titles, their audience, their main audience is England. You know, 80, was it 85% of the UK population is in England. So for them, you can imagine is, like, oh God, we've got to rewrite a bit of this just to sort of suit Wales and and Scotland. Because it's creating it is creating more more work. Uh, and I think that's why it is different. It's, it's, it's just labeling it. You know, you because if you're talking about health now, you have to talk about health as Welsh news, English news, and Scottish news because it's different in each each of those nations. But I think you know, with with the lead up to the the election, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I think people are, I think more people are more engaged uh, in politics. I think there's a need for a national conversation. You know, how do you facilitate that conversation um, without it just being sort of pe- people tweeting in in echo chambers? And I think that's the other thing you know I find as well is. You know, there's there's chasing audiences and, you know, and numbers and stuff. You know, f- for me, that's not important. The only thing I'm concerned about in developing our new service is our number of subscribers. It's not the number of people who click through and things like that. And that's that's the difference. And I think it's if you've been offering something for free, and I think that's the problem with lots of these services, they offer something for free, expecting people to pay for it afterwards is difficult. So that's why, you know, we're, we're upfront saying, you know, a lot of our content will be free. But, you know, it's a subscription model to have access to all that content. Um, you know, it has to be it has to be paid for. But making people realise that there's a value in it and that they feel they've got ownership and, and an investment in it. And I think that's where being a startup is actually hugely beneficial. But, it, but it, it'll all come down to the, the quality of, of the service, because I think what we're looking at is quality over quantity. I think that's the other thing is because some models depend on clicks uh, and, and numbers is they're just churning out a lot of content. So, you know, you'll find articles, somebody on said something on Twitter and somebody on Twitter replied by saying this on Twitter. And that's now being passed as as journalism. It's just there in order to get people to click and get them angry and get them to tweet about whatever <laughs> that was was tweeted about. So I think that, that's where we hope to be different is to have that quality, um, but make people realise that, you know, the more people who subscribe, the better our service will become. You know, we can cover, you know, beyond politics, we want to, we want to look at business and economics. We want to look at the environment and rural affairs. We want to look at arts and culture. You know, those some of those subjects aren't things that people you're going to get huge clicks for. So it, it needs investing and people need to realize there's a value in it.
4: Just so you all know that the hero model is the charge guests. <laughs> Priyan, do you want to Fryan, do you want to um, just mention how you see this from the other end of the M4? How how is Wales? Has it changed at all during the COVID pandemic in the UK media, the media uh, in London?
1: The big um, thing was Wales is uh, going ahead with a lockdown around November when um, when England was hesitating, um, which might have might have been you know sort of decisive in uh, in how Wales is dealing with the pandemic. So there was. Um, I think people took notice of that, and that helped to establish Wales as a country that could actually exercise autonomy in uh, in some areas. But I don't know if that if that's going to be any going to be like a permanent change or um, or particularly significant in the long run. I think Wales still needs to sort of distinguish itself more within within the UK press, and more more attention and representation needs to be given to it.
0: Uh, on that point, Rianne, do you... So at the beginning of devolution, there was a big attempt by a lot of the London-based UK papers to to focus more on Wales, and over the years that's been drawn back. Do you think that's indicative of an absence of interest in Welsh politics from the Welsh people or a lack of interest in Welsh politics from London papers?
1: I think it's definitely the latter. I mean, just from what I see, it it feels... feels, uh... Slightly odd to sort of use Twitter as a positive example of anything, but the um, the political discussion that I see happening on Twitter from Welsh people would indicate um, that there is uh, there's interest and there's actually a, a fairly wide knowledge base or at least uh, a basis of opinion on there. Um, so I think people are interested in um, the political potential of Wales. I, mean, I, I think something that has um, become significant recently is the debate on independence and the way that that's being had Perhaps more on social media than it is actually in the Welsh in the Welsh press or or within the the political class in Wales. So I think that's indicative of of Welsh people sort of searching for some some way to to deal with the flaws of devolution that doesn't involve bowing to sort of right wing calls to hand just hand power back to Westminster. Like there, there's a definite there's there's a, a yearning for something that. Uh, that that is that is just a a plan and some some form of action i think i mean it it reminds me of the uh the build-up to brexit in some way that there there was just this i think independence can be um a bit of a chimera sometimes um whereas everyone everyone sort of hangs their hopes on it because it will change something and it'll be something different but then they don't actually know what the landing ground will look like um but that's that's just one example i think there is um Welsh people are definitely interested in politics and uh, and in talking about it, I think. and it would be it would be good to have some sort of political platform for that, some sort of cohesive um, like Wales wide uh, platform.
2: I think the thing is that um, you have to realize that these media organizations are very cynical. If people carry on buying the Daily Mail, and the Daily Mail isn't uh, providing any news coverage uh, at all or barely at all about Wales and particularly about Welsh politics, they are not going to be stepping forward to provide such coverage. You know, they're interested in selling newspapers and while people continue to buy it because they like the, you know, other uh, elements of it, they like the um, sensational stories about Boris or whatever, in the way that the Daily Mail um, uh, does what it does, um, they are not going to take an interest in Wales. That's the difficulty. But a lot of people, frankly, are not that bothered or they haven't been until very recently. And what has changed very recently is, as we all know, the pandemic. So whether that's going to have a lasting impact afterwards, I wonder, I mean, it may just be, that people are particularly interested in what's going on now because the, Uh, First Minister of Wales and the Welsh Government are in a position where they can uh, really tell people how to live their lives, and so that you can't really imagine anything more direct than that, in terms of relationship between the rulers and the ruled. Now, once the pandemic is, um, is over, once the vaccine's been rolled out, are we just going to revert to the status quo ante, or will people continue to take more of an interest in Welsh politics, I think that remains to be seen.
0: Do you think there would be any value in trying to get Welsh versions of paper, like the Mirror or the Times or anything? Uh, or do you think it has to be uh, sort of grassroots or it not even necessarily grassroots, but it has to be Welsh Indigenous media increases this take up of, of news? Well, I think definitely that's that's
3: that's the whole point of what um, we're trying to create. is It's quite refreshing being able to write about Wales and using the word North without having to say North Wales, because we know that we're talking about Wales. You know, we don't refer to anything, you know, we won't refer to things within Wales, because if, you, if you're in Wales, you know, you know where these places um, are. And I think th- that's the key thing is giving that identity. Everything we do has to be done from a Welsh perspective, because whatever those papers do from, from the UK point of view, they've realised that, you know, they haven't, it's, it's not worth their while financially, to create those editorially, those those Welsh versions of, of the papers. Like I say, the the Mirror tried it for a bit, and uh, and they, they didn't have that um, impact. So if they're selling what they're selling now, why why bother? But I think you know, in in the long term, I f- I think what Martin said was was true. I think you know th- there has been an awakening from a politics point of view uh, because of of COVID, and people are actually more aware now of of what governments do or what governments don't do. Um, and I think, you know, I think that will change things. But I think the other key thing when we're talking about uh, news coverage is, is audiences. You know, we, we, we've got a younger generation now who are, you know, who are digital natives, um, who, you know, who, who don't buy newspapers. It's, it's never been part of their, uh, of their reasoning, you know, of, of, of their understanding of stuff. You know, they might pick it up if there's a, if there's a copy in the, uh, in the house. Uh, but they're used to getting their content digitally, uh, and they're also used to getting their content in different in, in different styles. And I think that's the key thing: is creating content that's uh, relatable f- from the audience as well. You, it, it's not a one shoe fits all now. And I think that's the problem with print. Print is going down, but I, I think you know. I think I know talking to some publishers, um, you know, so casual sales of of papers have gone down because people just aren't going out as much as they were. But people, you know, there the, are the, the some papers that you know that are sold, um, you know, via subscription, uh, um, you know, with paper boys, paper girls, you know, and those numbers have gone up. So you know that there is a demand for print, but I think print needs to be more flexible as well. I think there's a there's a danger if you're if you're doing something on a daily basis, you've you've got forty eight pages to fill every day, and I, you know, and it's a slog to 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 do that. Whereas you know maybe it's a case of having weeklies. Uh, or you know or or papers that coincide with specific events. so hopefully with with the election, you know if it, if it happens in in May, we'll be publishing a national daily print version of the of the paper um in the week of the election and and in the aftermath, looking at the results and and the fallout from from what happens uh, there. But I think we need to realize that younger people consume things differently, because they know, you know, they, they, they'll pay for Netflix, they'll pay for Apple Music, they're, they're paying for Spotify. So the fact that, you know, I think it's my generation were the ones who were more keen on sort of getting dodgy stuff off the internet for free when we could, you know, when we could. But because security's tightened up and people aren't able to do it now... Um, I think you know we've got a generation now who you know if you've got the if you've got the product and the offer is there and the price point is right then they will do it. But also hopefully you'll get older people who will want to invest in something in order to ensure that younger people do have access to news that's originated uh, in Wales and and comes from those communities all across Wales.
0: Rianne, where do you think the growth market is then for journalism? Do you think it's in digital journalism? Do you think it's in audio mediums do you think is in visual journalism what do you think
1: there's room for growth in all these areas apart from um i was going to say apart from print but again as um as Hugh was saying i think even print might um might be able to at least sustain itself if not grow um by sort of diversifying what it does we can even ask you know broader questions about what is what is the purpose of news what do we actually want from news as as readers as punters you know as well as um As media workers like and the the idea of having maybe less quantity of news but better context um one growth area could be offering historical context understanding of what's been reported how the how present events connect to the past that kind of thing how geopolitics is all um is all connected through national and global economies and things like that um i think the the thing to keep in mind when thinking about diversifying and growth markets is be responsive to what your um your readers want um and what potential readers might want um we're trying um various different things at um red pepper at the moment sort of switching from just being a, a quarterly journal to having a regular newsletter which is um briefer but you're in contact with the readers more on things like um live streaming panel events and that kind of thing so there's all um I think all these different methods of engagement can be used uh, to grow media that exists and to start uh, new outlets, I think.
4: We, we've all mentioned, or you've all mentioned, Scotland at one time or another this evening. Like, how is Scotland perceived in uh, London? Is it is it in a different category altogether to Wales?
1: I, I feel like it is. Um, whether that's due to Scotland having joined the union later than Wales did, if it's uh, as simple as that, I don't know. But I think Scotland has a distinct sense of itself. It has, um, as you were saying, a, a, more, a more Scottish sort of media landscape. Um, uh, the SNP obviously are providing an electoral alternative um, in a way that I don't think plied out. Uh, what, what, what underlies that? I, I don't know. Even, even um, Is it just that Scotland is, uh, is bigger than Wales is? I don't know. But it, it, does seem to, it does seem to be accorded more respect in England than Wales is.
2: Of course, Scotland has had a tradition of uh, more diverse media. Um, It's the case that um, most of the London based papers have editions um, specifically for Scotland. There are also, of course, um, papers produced for the Scottish market from within Scotland. So there are quite a few newspapers on a daily basis to choose from. And I think that that actually uh is very healthy because then you get people uh on one paper wanting to follow up stories from another one get a new angle whereas in wales um there's very little um uh competition or there has been very little competition quite a few years ago just a little anecdote here um but within living memory um i was covering applied cymru conference in uh, Llandudno, and after the uh, the day, and after everyone had filed their copy, then all the journalists, or the vast majority of the journalists, went out for a curry. I ended up in a curry house in Clandidno with 20 people from the BBC, not all of whom were journalists, some of them were technicians, but that was it. I mean, that was a real contrast to the situation in Scotland. The point is that the reason why the uh, English media takes notice of Scotland is because there is a very real threat of Scottish independence. Um, in Northern Ireland. uh, They take interest in what's going on there because there is always the threat of a recurrence of terrorism. Wales, what can we threaten them with? Not very much. And we don't have many MPs to create disruption or to to actually have much of an impact in the House of Commons. So that's why we always lose out in terms of of having any kind of leverage. Hugh,
0: do you think that this increased Welsh media landscape should be supported by the Welsh Government? Or do you think it needs to come from the private sector? And do you think that it's in the Welsh Government's interest to have more scrutiny of its actions?
3: Oh, hugely, uh, you know, I think that's the, I, I, I doubt that you'd find many um, politicians in Wales who would say that they don't want more scrutiny or more attention. I think that attitude, if it, if it was negative before, it, it wouldn't be now because they know that the the, you know the institution is potentially under threat because people don't understand um what they're what what they're doing there um so i think yeah definitely you know i think from that point of view you know it's vital that the stuff comes out there martin mentioned because you know if you went down to the Senate, you know there would there would have been a few journalists there you know embedded but i don't know how many journalists are are based in the Senate now you know there's probably under a under a handful. Um, and I think, you know, that whilst governments are keen to get, you know, content out, and they, funnily enough, in the uh, launch of the IWA media summit this morning, um, one of the things that Creative Wales mentioned, because obviously they're the, they're the body that looks after the creative industries and um, news and journalism comes un- under that, was during COVID, the subject that they were uh, contacted about more than anything else was news in Wales. And journalism and local journalism, uh, and I believe that in the process now of putting together some sort of support that will be open for people to to bid for um, in the coming few weeks, and I think that that you know it is vital, you know, in the in the short term. It costs at the moment, it costs too much to employ somebody if you haven't got the revenues coming in. So while you build up those revenues, then you know any financial support that would allow you to employ more people. I think that's what what's key. I think at the end of the day, we want to see more people employed. And I think we can use digital digital technology. You know, we look at automate automation, then there's a danger, you use that to, to 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 lose people. Well, how do you flip that around? How can you use digital technology in order to allow Journalists to do more journalism, you know, to use them as tools to help them, so we can have more journalists, more people actually delivering that content. And I think that's my intention in the long term is, you know, you want to be able to grow, a, you know, a business that can employ employ people. I think that's important as well in Wales, that is creating creating jobs.
1: Certainly, in the Welsh government's interest to have. More scrutiny. I mean, it may uh, it may well not be in the interests of individual politicians, depending on what they've uh, what they've done in office. But certainly, the government as an institution will benefit from accountability, transparency, and scrutiny that that journalism should provide. Um, and in a in a more positive sense as well, the government needs to be able to communicate to the public the uh, the work that it's doing, as well as this sort of democratic mandate um, that it has to s- support. Uh, journalism as an industry and to support local jobs through it as well.
0: Martin, in all the time you've been uh, examining the Welsh political system, do you think that the political class and the public are now more aware than they ever have been about the need for more Wales-specific media? Well,
2: as someone who, in my NUJ capacity, has given evidence to um, a succession of inquiries uh, at the Senate over the years, What I have found is that there has been, uh, you know, quite a bit of hand-wringing, quite a lot of expression of concern, uh, quite a lot of sympathy for the difficulties that journalists work under. But when it has come to the crunch, there hasn't been an enormous amount of um, investment. Uh, You know, in the last couple of years, it's fair to say that the Welsh Government has provided some money for microsites, um, uh, but I think more needs to be done. Um, I mean, you know, it's for long been the case in uh, Wales that uh, Welsh language um, media has received public subsidy. So why shouldn't English language media get the same sort of attention? And I really think that there is now a greater understanding of the fact that, you know, the crisis has been going on for a long time and it's just going to get worse. And as the uh, Senhath has uh, Accrued more powers, the circulation of newspapers have gone down and down and down, and the and you know the coverage has inevitably decreased. So something does have to be done and i very much hope that in the new term uh hopefully after may uh some serious consideration will be given to how that may be possible that of course there have to be some um, arm's length kind of operation because you wouldn't have a situation a situation where politicians were directly funding their own favorite publications but you know something has to be sorted out
0: uh, on that note i want to say thank you all very much for for coming on this evening it's been great to talk to you all if someone wanted to find you on twitter where would they go rian
1: um i am uh just rian e jones on twitter
0: wonderful thank you very much hugh um hugh
3: mar h-u-w-m-a-r
0: yep and martin at shipton martin wonderful thank you very much if you've enjoyed what you've heard this evening please don't forget to find us on Medium at on Facebook at Hiraith and on Twitter at Hiraith Blog. Thank you for listening to Hiraith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.